You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented always by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Most of you know that by now, five teams, seven years. You can get at me, as the kids say, on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. I mean, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. you got to be on one of those. Whichever one you're on, follow me, please, at Ross Tucker NFL. Ross Tucker Pod is on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and should be followed by you guys as well. There are some opportunities we'll get to a little bit later in the show for getting a chance to be in a fantasy football draft this month with me and my boy Joe Dolan from the Fantasy Feast podcast. My boy on this show is Emery Hunt, has been for a while now. I don't even know what league he was tweeting about yesterday at F Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. And of course, you can still get the draft guide. And uh, you're going to want it really for the preseason games. If, if we're being honest, you're going to want his draft guide because the preseason games end up being a lot of rookies and a lot of people you don't know a lot about. Emory does. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. We are done with the NFC. So if you just found the show somehow, some way, that's great. You're going to love it. It's three podcasts in one. We go over the top prospects for the NFL draft. We talk college football, and we even make our picks and prognostications with the bets during the season. I don't think I pronounced prognostication really well right there, but we're not going to cut that clip. We're going to keep moving forward. So we got the AFC South next week. AFC East today. Um, I actually have two things before I even ask you about the Bills draft picks, Emery. Number one, what was that league you were tweeting about yesterday? And do we have any idea how much those guys get paid? <laughs> right. It's the European League of Football. It's their third season. They kicked off this past weekend. Um, they have some of the old NFL Europe uh, properties. So that's why you see Ryan Fire, Frankfurt Galaxy, Hamburg Sea Devils, Berlin Thunder, and things and teams like that. But they've done a great job in building their own homegrown league. About 90 to 93% of the league is all European-born players because there's a limit on how many American-born players are on each roster. I think four is the max on each roster. Don't know how much they get paid, but they. I think if you're an import, so a guy coming from America, you do have a housing stipend, if not free housing, and also on top of that, a salary. So it's a good opportunity for guys that are still wanting to play ball and they're grown to 17 teams now. They just ex- announced expansion uh, into two other markets for next year, and they're going to announce more. So they're going to get up to 24. So I'm waiting for the London Monarchs to return and some other teams, but they're trying to expand even more so make it a full-fledged 24-team European League. So it's done a great job so far. So it's not just Germany. No, no, no. It's not Germany. There's, a, there's a matter of fact, there's they announced that, uh, you know, First of all, Barcelona is, is already there, the Barcelona Dragons. They also announced um, another team in Spain, Madrid, that will start playing next year. So there's teams in Spain, a team in Italy playing this year, the Milan Seaman. There's also more. There's a lot of teams in Germany, but there's also some, uh, you know, outside of that as well. Turkaya was a team last year that they have to, you know, 
Uh, they had to leave because of financial issues, but they're looking to get back into Turkaya. And they're also trying to get to Ireland and also the UK, where which is huge. Paris was another one that started this year too, the Musketeers. So you gotta love that. And um, so I, it's it's a, I've been watching it for two years, so I'm I, I know a little bit about the league and a little bit about some of the players. Uh, Michael Sam played in that league last year, did a great job, had double digit sacks last year for Barcelona. And there are some guys that I think can play over here in the state. So it's, and a lot of these guys end up in the international pathway program for the NFL. I love, first of all, that it's expanding and that there's more room for people to play football, continue to play after college, to potentially get some money for it. And then also I love that more international folks, 90 to 93% or whatever, are getting a chance to play what I, and I know you feel, is the best sport in the world. I remember I read a book called like Playing for Pizza a while ago about like a quarterback in Italy, um, you know, that his NFL career, pro career hadn't gone how he wanted. So next thing he knows, he's like the quarterback in for an Italian team. But like, you know, after the games they are getting pizza and beer and like he loved, like he was having fun playing football again, you know, um, which is very, very cool. So it's interesting because I already did the Ross Tucker football podcast this morning, Emery, talking about my head coach, rankings which are really hard to do there's a lot of good coaches in the nfl a lot of people aren't real happy with my rankings but i i've come to the realization Emory, you've probably known this for a while people aren't real happy with any rankings because they always just find one guy higher than the guy they like that they target and come up with reasons why their guy should be higher than that guy which is a fool's errand by the way because i could do the same thing i could come up with a counter argument for why the guy at 18 could be higher than the guy at 12. That's so stupid. Like, let me see, make up your own list and then come back to me is what I like to say to people. Um, But right after we finished recording, the Bills signed Leonard Floyd. And I've seen you are all over the Giants, OTAs, we'll have teams with mini camps. It's interesting for the Bills to sign Leonard Floyd. I mean, you look at them, Emery, they've got Russo. They've got Von Miller. They got A.J. Epinesa. They got Shaq Lawson. They got Boogie Basham. They even have Shane Ray trying to come back after four years away. And yet they still felt like we need one more. We, we need one more guy. That doesn't bode well for somebody. I don't know who it is, but it doesn't bode well for one of the five guys I just named. Especially, yeah, right, because he, he's an edge guy technically, an outside linebacker. Gives them something that they lost with. Uh, Tremaine Netman's not necessarily playing the same position, but the length. They had so much length at the second level with Edmonds. He was 6'4", 245, 250. And Lloyd gives, uh, Floyd gives him a little bit of that uh, with the ability to rush the passer. So I feel like they want to get a little bit more longer, um, still have more of a pass rushing presence because you got Boogie Basham, you got Epinesa, you got Lawson, you got Russo, you got guys like Miller that can get to the quarterback. And so adding Floyd, puts a lot of pressure on one of those back-end guys. Like, who is injured right now that they don't see, uh, you know, he, he may not be ready for the season? Or who is someone that maybe is a young player that they are disappointed in? Because otherwise, why bring in a veteran to not give that that younger guy another chance to to really show themselves or, or get out there on the field? So I think this is a read-between-the-line situation because you don't bring in a, a Leonard Floyd 
and expect him to just be a backup. Nope. So let's get to some of the guys they drafted. We've already talked a lot about Dalton Kincaid. We went over the first round uh, the Monday after the draft ended. But now we're doing the rest of the picks for each team. And Emery always has an undrafted free agent or two that he wants to shine some light on. Let's start with their day two guys, which I thought was interesting. Osiris Torrance, a big guard. Now they have Ryan Bates. They have, uh, they got Connor McGovern in free agency. They got two Penn State kids, but they get your boy Osiris Torrance at guard in the second round. And then the third round, Dorian Williams. And and he kind of reminds me body type wise, the way he plays a little bit of, of Milano, you know, Matt Milano, that type of player. So maybe they decided, yeah, we're losing Tremaine Edmonds that size, but let's just have two Matt Milano types. He keeps doing pretty well for us. And, and Milano is someone that does a great job in pass coverage, which is why he's always on the field. And Williams is another one that excels in pass coverage, which is why they went out and got him. And, and when you look at that two lane defense, he was one that was consistently making plays in the middle. He's also a very good blitzer. I think he gives him a little bit more upside in coverage than Tremaine Edmonds did, which is why they were, you know, willing to let him walk in free agency. And Osiris Torrance, I think, is a plug and play guy. It's just going to be which side of the offensive line he's going to start on. Is he going to start left guard? Is he going to start at right guard? But he's starting uh when this season starts because he's a rock solid player. Could do a great job in helping them spearhead a run game that hasn't been, you know, what you want it to be and which is a big part of the reason why I thought they haven't been able to close out these playoff games because they can't run the football consistently or when they want to, Osiris Torrance changes that. Let's get to their next three picks, Emery. Fifth round, Justin Shore, the wide receiver from Florida. Man, I remember watching his junior high school video. Um, He was really impressive. You want to talk about uh, height, weight, speed as a high school player. And then they had two seventh-round picks. Uh, Nick, I don't know, is it Broker from the guard from Ole Miss and Alex Austin, a corner from Oregon State? My favorite out the three is Alex Austin. Alex Austin. This is someone, again, sight unseen program, Oregon State. Long, athletic, fits the mold of what they already have in that secondary. 6'1, 195, tremendous talent at corner. That secondary for Oregon State was outstanding last year, and I think this is someone that can come in and, and kind of give them what they got last year from Benford, uh, what they drafted in Elam, who was my number one corner last year. They got another guy that can help them out right away, in my opinion. I know he's going to be a core special team from day one. Shorter has is always going to be the height, weight, speed guy, but you want to see the consistency uh, show itself more so at the pro level. And I think that's an area where uh, he has to work on an offensive lineman, Nick Broker. Ole Miss has done a solid job in developing they're offensive linemen, guys that can play guard and or tackle. And so I think Broker is someone that can kind of fit that mold. So they want to build depth along that offensive line, which is why they double down on it in the draft. Who um, jumped out to you out of their undrafted guys, Emery? Isaiah Bowser um, of UCF, the running back. I just like the way he runs, man. I think he has a good feel for the inside run game. He is different from what they have on the roster. Maybe he's more along the lines of, you know, Latavius Murray or Damian Harris, you know, he's an inside runner type guy. I think he's vastly underrated in what he could do catching the ball in the backfield and was kind of that pace setter for UCF uh, in their run game. So I like Bowser. I think he has a good chance to really shine uh, during preseason. Tell you the other thing that's very underrated, and that is getting people a good gift. 
for your anniversary or getting dad a good gift for Father's Day, make sure you check out myfrontpagestory.com. By far the best Father's Day gift I've ever seen. Everybody's dad loves the newspaper. Get him the front cover treatment story that he deserves. Myfrontpagestory.com. All right, Emery, let's dive into the Miami Dolphins now. We already talked about the fact they didn't have a first-round pick, thanks to Tom Brady. Tom Brady giving the uh, giving the Dolphins the business again, although the Dolphins have nobody to blame but themselves for that. Really curious on these next two guys, Emery, because they both have a lot of ability. Round two, they took the corner from South Carolina, Cam Smith, and round three, they took the speed demon from Texas A&M. This guy might already have the most hype out of any rookie in OTAs so far. Devin A. Shane, the running back from A&M. Yeah, he is someone that fits their offense, you know, perfectly. You know, they already have a good stable of backs with, with some speed, but they can't stay healthy. Now you add someone with, with legitimate track and Olympic-type speed, and it's going to be bananas in terms of A-chain and how well he can really – hit the hole and go. And so when you have that much speed on an offense that already has far too much speed than the law allows, it's going to make these guys so much more dynamic on offense. And when you factor in a healthy tour and now they're going to have the run game that has the element of hitting the home run like their like their passing game does with, you know, uh with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, it's going to be fun to watch. And then you you think about Cam Smith, someone can see him Ideally playing safety or corner, he gives him another long press guy that can mirror and match rather well. Very good secondary South Carolina. So for me, uh, two outstanding picks right there with Smith and A-Chain. Sixth round, they took uh, Elijah Higgins, a wide receiver from Stanford. We talked about Michael Wilson from Stanford last week. And then seventh round, Ryan Hayes, offensive tackle from Michigan. Yeah, Hayes is someone that that was really good on tape, man. And, and again, you talk about one of the better offensive lines in football, and you, you bring up Michigan and what they've been able to do running the ball and, and helping protect the quarterback. He is along the lines of someone that can help them out from a depth perspective, and I think that's going to be good for them. And it, um, when you think about you know what happened last year when guys got injured, when guys got hurt, they had some issues up front, and Higgins gives them like almost like a stretch inside receiver with with them you know he's probably gonna be a tight end but someone that can be that that what they I don't want to say he's a, a one-to-one but gives them a little bit what they had in Jasicki you know someone that can just line up outside and be above the rim type guy red zone threat I think that's gonna be his role your thoughts on their top undrafted guy Emery or at least somebody that's out to you they usually do a fantastic job in an undrafted free agent market man they have a bunch of guys but I'm gonna you know, James Blackman stood out to me at the College Gridiron Showcase, the quarterback from Florida State and also Arkansas State. I thought he threw the football rather well. Has a chance to stick on the practice squad um, as their, or their QB4. And when you think about Aubrey Miller from Jackson State, I thought he should have been drafted. He's a, a, a dynamo of a hitter, a thumper, but could be a core special team. I think he's going to make that football team. Keidra Smith out of Kentucky can play corner or safety, gives him a lot of versatility. They got him as an undrafted free agent as well. And Zeke Vandenberg out of uh, Illinois State, long athletic edge setter, kind of the same body type of what they have in Van Ginkle uh, out there as well on the edge and Andrew Van Ginkle. So he could play with his hand in the dirt or 
off the ground, but definitely someone that has a length athleticism that you look for. So neither one of those teams had a whole lot of picks, Emery, but the Patriots did. And so they made up for it. Day two, uh, remember round one, they took Christian Gonzalez. I'm still surprised Gonzalez, they were able to trade down with the Steelers to 17 and get Gonzalez. I think most people thought he would go top 10. Round two, they took Keon White, the edge rusher from Georgia Tech. And round three, this might have been your most talked about guy last season. Marty Mapu, the linebacker from Sac State. You loved him before the season last year, all through the process. I didn't hear a lot of people talking about him until you started talking about him, Emory. Because no one goes out there and, and talks about the FCS until they get to the Senior Bowl. By, by the end, the work, ain't al- the work is already done. Like So you got to get to the NFL PA Bowl. You got to get to these FCS games. You got to take pride in, in your craft and start digging deep and finding these small school gyms. Marte Mapu is someone that could play across the secondary. He could play safety. He could play you know down in the box as a linebacker. He gives them a lot of what they had in Kyle Duggar or what they have in Kyle Duggar. You want to have some matchup pieces on defense. He's an outstanding matchup piece and Keon White is someone that's still growing in the position you know we talked about how he has you know played different positions and still learn a defensive end good strong point of attack guy edge setter gives them a lot of depth there uh, as an edge they still need to get better at rushing the passer I think White gives them an opportunity to do so round four they took Jake Andrews a center from Troy Chad Ryland who is from near where I'm from, but also went to Eastern Michigan before transferring to Maryland. Then they took City Sal from Eastern Michigan in the fourth round. City Sal is someone that uh, is unique. He caught my attention at the NFL PA Bowl again. Um, and what's fascinating about him, he's a top CFL prospect because he's Canadian. And so he was drafted in the CFL as well. But he is was outstanding at the NFL PA game. Then when you go and watch him on film, Okay, I can see some crossover between guard and tackle. It depends on where they're going to play them. They're going to play them at guard, I feel like, in New England. I thought that was a steal in round four. Andrews, coming from the Sun Best Conference and was a rock-solid player on the, in the middle for Troy, they were one of the best offenses in uh, you know the Sun Belt Conference, and so he did a great job there, giving them good depth um, on the inside. And, and Mafi. Another big time guard, big time mauler on the middle, in the middle. So they really solve that interior depth question with three rookies that I think is going to generate a lot of buzz in the preseason. Then we move on to round six. Keishon Butte is a guy that Greg Cosell talked quite a bit about on the Ross Tucker football podcast when we were talking about what these teams have done in the AFC East with our season preview. Then they took a punter. From Michigan State, it took a kicker and a punter in the same draft. I'll let you just discuss that. Uh, never. Demario Douglas, wide receiver, Liberty. Amir Speed, DB, Michigan State. And then Isaiah Bolden from Jackson State University. Well, we know the Patriots are at the NFL PA Bowl because Amir Speed and Isaiah Bolden both were there and both had really good weeks of work, too. Uh, Speed has supreme length. I think he's 6'3" uh 200 pounds and does a great job using that length to, to his advantage just got to be a little bit more consistent in his approach and Bolden I thought had the best week of any corner out there at the NFL PA Bowl good length good athleticism he legitimately can play any position in the secondary uh because he's so versatile and also is a dynamic kickoff and punt returner so he's a core special teamer 
that can help right away. Booty, we talked about at nauseum. It's the body language about him. The talent is there. You want to see more consistency. He goes to a great spot to where they can get that out of him right away and more consistent than what he showed his last season at LSU. And Douglas, I thought, had a really good week of work um, throughout the course of the All-Star Game circuit and also on tape at Liberty. Quick in and out of his break, can create separation, can find himself open pretty quickly. It's interesting with all those draft choices. I wonder how many undrafted guys they even got and if anybody uh, caught your eye. There's two that really stood out. Malik Cunningham, quarterback at Louisville, um, great athlete, uh, had arguably one of the better deep balls in the draft class and was consistent in hitting the deep ball. And I know he's getting some crossover work there, like some route running uh, quarterback. But right now I think he's their QB4, could even be their QB3. I think that's something to watch over the course of the preseason. And Johnny Lumpkin of the University of Louisiana, I thought people at the NFL PA Bowl was shocked at how well he caught the football because he was much of a blocker at UL. He gets out there and he's running routes. He's winning at the top of his route. He's creating separation and he caught the ball well. So now you get a guy that's a dynamic blocker for the run game, but was surprisingly good and consistent at catching the football again. We know the Patriots were at the NFL PA Bowl. This roster is littered with guys that were down there at that event in Pasadena. Let's get to the Jets. Obviously, a lot of conversation around their first-round pick, Will McDonald the fourth. But then they went back-to-back O-linemen, Emery. Joe Tittman, the center from Wisconsin in round two. Carter Warren, the tackle from Pitt in round four. I like Carter Warren. You know, and Pitt had a really solid team, a lot of good prospects. So I watched a lot of Pitt. Uh, throughout the process, Warren, someone that that can definitely fill that void of being a, a left tackle and give them good depth there uh, as well. You talk about um, in round what? We're round four, four. yeah. Um, who do they take? Carter Warren in round four. Round two, they got Joe Tipman from Wisconsin. Tipman is someone that's athletic on the move. I couldn't remember who else we mentioned, but Tipman was someone that's at center. When you're able to get out in a round on pulling plays and long traps and things of that nature, your offense is open. It expands. And so having someone that's athletic like that to get out and about, and it can help you move the pocket, which we know Aaron Rodgers loves to do. You got a center out that's capable of doing that and then blocking well in space. He's going to be a plug and play start. I thought that was a great pick by them because he fits what they want to do in the quarterback that they have. Their last four picks, uh, Israel Abanaconda, the running back from Pitt in round five. Curious to get your thoughts there as a running back guy. Zaire Barnes, linebacker from Western Michigan in round six. Jarek Bernard Converse, a corner from LSU in round six. And then Zach Kuntz, uh, tight end from Old Dominion. It's fun when they draft guys I've seen. I did several Zaire Barnes games. And then Kuntz I saw play basketball like in 10th grade in high school. Your thoughts on those four? Yeah, Koontz is long is all outside, man. He is like legit 6'7". Um, so he gives them some height at the position and also is a good athlete, so he can really get vertical. Uh, so it gives you someone that you can see down the seam, literally and figuratively. But I like the fact that he was still there available for them to grab and continue to stockpile talent around Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Zaire Barnes, good athlete, good pressure player good mover in space, all of those things you want to see from a weak side linebacker. He fits that mode. Jared Bernard Converse transferred to LSU, came from, I want to say, Oklahoma State, um, and was a really good player there and was also a good player at LSU. Gives him what Robert Sala likes at the position, length, athleticism, and ability to cover. So when you think about adding Abanacanda from Pitt, 
I think he's an underrated kickoff returner. He has great explosiveness and acceleration. How healthy is Brees Hall? We are seeing video clips of him, you know, doing some side cutting and agility cutting. That's good. They don't have to rush him back because I think Abana Canada can step in and, and pair up with a Michael Carter and do really well uh, as an, as a rookie. But at worst, he could be their kickoff returner because he's so good and explosive and has underrated acceleration. It's rare to see the acceleration from a football player, you could see him pull away from guys when he gets a step. Uh, quickly, Emery, an undrafted guy? There's a bunch, man. Jerome Cap out of Kutztown saw him all throughout the All-Star game. Yeah. So he was awesome, man. He's a big receiver that could play inside or outside. Jason Brownlee from Southern Miss, fantastic uh, receiver as well. Xavier Gibson out of Stephen F. Austin was another outstanding receiver all throughout the All-Star game circuit. Um, you look at running back Travis Dye. It, had he not gotten injured, he would have been a draft pick, in my opinion. Isaiah Gatings, I saw, I called one of his games when he was at Gardner Webb, transferred to Middle Tennessee. He's more of an inside type guy, so keeping out him. Malik Hall, I didn't have a grade on because I saw, I, I just forgot, but I saw him play at Southeastern Oklahoma. He was also down at the Tropical Bowl, had a really good week of work there. Caleb Johnson, another very good undrafted free agent. So for me, and Trey Dean, we talked about him before, Shrine game, great leadership skills, can play either corner or safety, tremendous upside. He's going to a great situation. AFC South next week. Get excited. The keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.